Welcome to a special edition of Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. This week we have an update from Director of Agriculture, Chris Chen. She's going to tell us a little bit about what's been going on with the department over the past few months, some of the things that they're working on this, uh, this summer growing season, and the preparations they're making for the Missouri State Fair. So let's get started. We have a very special guest with us today. We have Director Chris Chen from the Missouri Department of Agriculture joining us on the podcast. And this is, what, your second or third time with us, I believe? It is. It's always great to be back here. It's great to have you. And we've been really enjoying uh, working with you over the past year and a half, I guess it is, uh, in this role in the department. But for many more years beyond that. You've been um, very close with Farm Bureau. Um, what, what, just before we get into some of the details of what you're working on now, what have your impressions been over the, the last um, year and a half working in this role? You know, it's been an exciting time uh, to be the director of agriculture. There are a lot of, a lot of good things happening in agriculture today, and so it's exciting to be able to be a part of that. We have some challenges as well, but I think my team at the Department of Agriculture, um, they're thoughtful leaders, and they want to make sure they they do things that are right for farmers and ranchers and consumers. So, you know. Being a leader means building a good team around you, mm-hmm. and so I'm very fortunate at the Department of Agriculture. We have a great team um, who's very focused on making sure Missouri farmers can continue to be the best that they want to be. Well, and we've been enjoying working with your team, too. I think you've surrounded yourself with some very good people, so we do enjoy them. But you, you're right. We do have a lot of struggles, um, especially right now. It seems like everything's been sort of uh, rolling together at the same time uh, to create a perfect storm. And even uh, on the weather front, we, we've had a lot of issues both with too little water and too much water. Um, so let's start out with uh, too little water. Where, where is Missouri right now in the drought situation? It seems like it's been getting a little bit worse over the past few weeks. It has been a challenging growing season this year. You know, in the, the Boot Hill area, they were late getting planted. They were mm-hmm. dry. And now up in the northern central part of the state, we're very dry. Um, we had an abnormally dry winter. And Mm -hmm. that carried well into April for us. And then we had the hottest May on record Mm -hmm. as well. So it's been a challenge for our farmers. We currently have 35 counties that are classified as that D2 stage or severe drought. Uh, We have a band of counties that stretch all the way from the Arkansas line in the southwest Missouri to the Mississippi River in northeast Missouri that are also abnormally dry. Mm -hmm. Last week's crop progress and condition report that was released by NASH shows that both our topsoil and our subsoil moisture is short or very short and more than 50% of the state. Um, So that's that's a challenge. It's Mm -hmm. hard for our farmers and ranchers when they don't get rain or they get too much rain to be able to produce a good crop. Mm -hmm. And that's something that... um it's so localized, actually, to Missouri, really. Uh, some of the surrounding states just to the north and east of us seem to be doing fine on their water. And that's almost a worse uh, situation when, you know, if, if there's a drought, you almost wouldn't want everybody to be in the same situation. But we're really taking it um, harder than a lot of the surrounding states. Have you heard how that's affecting uh, the livestock producers? Well, you know, we've had a lot of calls come into the department from cattle producers. Their hay crops are not making the hay that they did last year. I have reports of not even making half of what they made last year, so they're concerned about that. They're worried about not having enough pastures just to get through the summer, that they're going to have to start feeding hay early. Mm -hmm. Uh, The quality of the hay is down as well, because if you don't get rain, your hay quality is poor as well. So they're very concerned about that. 
we've heard lots of, of cattlemen talk about sending cows to market because they're not going to have enough hay to get through the winter. And so that's concerning and alarming for them, mm-hmm. as well as for their bankers, too, I'm sure. So, you know, we are concerned about that. I know Governor Parson did send a letter to FSA asking them to consider releasing the CRP ground early for grazing and pasturing as well. And so, you know, we are hopeful that people are paying attention to this. But right now, we just need to continue to pray for rain. Absolutely. It's a tough situation because there's only so much you can do and so many options you have when, when you're a cattle producer. And as you mentioned, the winter was so dry and uh, it went so long all the way through almost the end of April that a lot of people had to had low stocks going in of hay to begin with, and then they had to feed a month longer than they normally do. So they started off on a bad foot and it's only seemed to be getting worse. Yeah, it's, it's just challenging. It's kind of a depressing time for farmers when they, they <laughs> yeah. look out and they're used to seeing lush green pastures this time of year, and, and it's just not there. Yeah, so it's brown. very discouraging. Well, on the other side of things, there's the, um, some issues with flooding. Uh, what are we seeing across Missouri with that? Well, we are seeing flooding, uh, and it's it's funny because in some areas we need that rain, and in other areas we we don't need that rain. So it's frustrating. Uh, farmers wish they could trade positions a little bit. <laughs> it always uh, looks better on the other side, it right? It always does. <laughs> you know, along there are several locations that are along the Missouri River from Plattsmouth, Nebraska to Waverly, Missouri, that are forecasted to be above flood stage. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had heavy rainfall in the past seven days in southeast South Dakota and northwest Iowa. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's going to cause the rivers to be flooding. Um, it's not going to be because we've had the rain here in Missouri, so to speak, but up you know, up to river. the north mm-hmm. upriver of us. The St. Joe flood stage today is at 17 feet, and by Thursday it's forecasted to be at 20.9 feet. Wow. So that's what's causing the concern. Uh, the South Dakota area, they did receive a lot of rainfall. I was actually there last week for a Midwest Association of State Departments of Ag meeting, and it rained the entire time that mm. we were there. So, uh, you know, they they needed some rain, but they weren't needing that much rain yeah. is, is the message we heard last week. Well, that's uh, always very challenging when you do have both of those extremes. Hopefully we can even it out a little bit and and get everybody in a position where they're just happy with what they have. Not too much, not too little. Um, Well, down in the boot hill, we've uh, experienced a lot of issues over the past few years uh, with some pesticide application issues. I know that's um, been consuming a lot of the work that you all have done over the past uh, year or two. Uh, what, uh, What has everything been looking like so far as we've come into that cutoff date that was just set in the past year um, for the dicamba um, spraying. Uh, are we seeing a success there, or uh, is it has it been as bad as the past couple of years have been? Well, we're cautiously optimistic that the Missouri-specific 24C label that was put in place for the Ingenia, Fexapan, and Extendamax is going to help us decrease the number of complaints that we have this year. Uh, we did 2,500 applicators for training for the dicamba product itself. And we also have 500 new commercial applicator licenses this year as well. So these are all very hopeful signs that we're going to have success this year. So far, we have 68 alleged dicamba complaints and 15 alleged 24D complaints. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of June 28th of 2017, we had 98 alleged dicamba complaints. But we do mm-hmm. want to remind people out there who are listening to make sure they follow that label directly. Um, the cutoff dates are in place for the June 10 cutoff for the Boot Hill, as you mentioned. For the rest of the state, it is 
it is July the 15th mm -hmm. or the first reproductive stage of that soybean. So when it starts to flower, even if you're not to June or July 15 yet, um, it still means that you can't apply that mm -hmm. product or if there's a sensitive crop or if the wind is blowing towards that specialty crop, you know, you, you're not supposed to apply that that product. Sure. And I believe I read somewhere over the weekend, maybe it was from um, Dr. Bradley at Mizzou that uh, had mentioned that a lot of the complaints or the vast majority of the complaints were related to fruits and vegetables and specialty crops of, of that nature. Is, is that, uh, did I read that correctly? Yeah. So at the Department of Ag, we've had some soybean damage and some cotton damage, but there were tomato plants as well as a a vineyard, a mm -hmm. grape vineyard, some watermelon acres, some peach acres, and some greenhouse, but a lot of uh, residential homes, gardens, trees, and ornamentals as well. Mm -hmm. So what do you see changing with this going forward? Well, you know, we were just together with, I was just with my counterparts in other states last week, and so we talked about it, and, you know, EPA's keeping a very close eye on this, um, and they haven't given us any indication as to what they plan to do since these products were only on a two-year registration. Mm -hmm. They're gathering information from all of the states so that they can make a wise decision moving forward. Um, and we're hopeful that the education process that the Missouri producers and went through this last year is going to help so that those products can still be available for the next growing season. Sure. So they'll, the EPA, one way or another, is going to have to make another decision after this season is over? Yes, they're going to have to decide whether to re-register these products or to not register them again. Sure. And one other thing you mentioned in passing um, as we were uh, talking about uh, the issues with the drought and grazing was that Governor Parson has um, submitted that request uh, to, to have CRP acreage opened up. And that just reminded me, you are working for a new governor right now. Uh, that just changed a couple weeks ago. Um, how have things been so far with Governor Parson, and um, how what was your relationship with him before you got started? So Governor Parson has been very busy since he took over. <laughs> sure. uh, you know, he had to build his staff in that office and get get acquainted with everything that's been going on for the last year and a half in state government and beyond. So he his staff has been working feverishly to get caught up to speed to make sure that they're all on the same page with everything happening. And they've just done a good job of communicating with all of us at the Department of Agriculture, keeping us in, included in, in things that are happening and, you know, reaching out when they need help. Um, so we're very appreciative of that. You know, the farmers who I've spoke with are very excited because they consider Mike Parson a friend, mm -hmm. someone who they have known for many years through his service, either as a, a local law enforcement officer or through his time when he served in the Missouri House or the Missouri Senate or even the lieutenant governor's office. So they feel like mm -hmm. they have a friend in the governor's office and they're excited about that. I have worked before with Governor Parson when he was a senator and a state representative. Mm -hmm. um, so he's a fe fellow cattleman. So he, he knows agriculture. He understands agriculture. And I've always gotten along very well with him in the past. And I look forward to working with him in the future as well on many important issues that are facing not only the Department of Agriculture, but the state of Missouri as well. That's great. It's good to have someone who has lived the things that you're talking about rather than just maybe even understands them having um, experienced them a little bit. He really has uh, and continues to live it, live it uh, himself as a cattleman. Right. He understands the struggles because he's a cattleman right now, too. So mm -hmm. when farmers are talking about their shortage of hay and the hay quality, he understands that and gets yeah. that. Um, so that's refreshing to our farmers because they know that when they voice a concern, that the person they want to hear it understands what they're talking about. So it gives sure. a level of comfort uh, to our farmers and ranchers in the state of Missouri. 
and the new lieutenant governor that um, he selected, appointed, um, Mike Kehoe, also, I believe, is, has been involved in agriculture for a long time. Right. Things he, are looking really good for Missouri agriculture yeah. these days. You know, so there's always a bright spot, even though we're facing some tough decisions mm-hmm. um, in agriculture today with the drought and other th- other challenges, there is a bright spot and that the two top leaders in the state of Missouri understand agriculture and they've walked in the same shoes as our farmers and ranchers. That's great. Well, one of the biggest events of the year, probably the biggest actual event of the year that um, y'all are involved in is the Missouri State Fair. And that's coming up right around the corner. We were just talking this morning in one of our internal meetings here about trying to get our building ready to go for the State Fair and all the work that just goes into that. I can't imagine getting a whole the whole fairgrounds, the entire fair um, organized. But how are things coming for the fair? Well, we're actually 44 days away from the fair. So mm-hmm. as you said, it is right around the corner and we're really excited about the fair. Governor Parson is a huge supporter of the Missouri State Fair. He loves the fair. So we expect to see him have a very active role this year at the State Fair. And we're excited about that. Uh, the agriculture's biggest family reunion happens every year at the state fair from young farmers and ranchers to old to even our youth in agriculture and you know that's my favorite part of the fair is watching all of the 4-h and the ffa kids come together they bring a year's worth of work to the fair to showcase it um, and they're proud of their work and we're proud of their work as well and so it's a great opportunity for our youth to be able to share their farm story about the projects that they've worked on for the past year and we have a lot of exciting things happening some of our highlights a big day will be opening day which is august the 9th mm-hmm. we'll have military military appreciation day which is on august the 12th and we expect that to be another special day um, for our servicemen and women who put their lives on the line for us so that we can continue to work on our farms and ranches and to be free in this in this country and so we want to show them our appreciation and let them have a good day at the fair with their family as mm-hmm. well um, governor's legislator and judges day will will be August the 16th. That's a Thursday. And so that's where the governor's ham breakfast will take event, um, take place. That'll be the kickoff event for the day. Mm-hmm. And so we're very excited about that. Um, new this year is our drive to feed kids day. You know, we've had a drive to feed kids event, but this year we're going to have a whole day dedicated to it. And that's August the 14th. And the drive to feed kids is Missouri agriculture's response to childhood hunger in our state. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we can bring awareness to that, that one in five of Missouri's kids are food insecure. That's about 17% of our children in our state, or if you want an actual number, it's 241,830 kids may not get dinner every night. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a lot of kids. And so we just want to raise awareness about that. We want to make sure that these kids have food on their plates every night when they go to bed and every morning when they wake up as well. And as part of that, I believe that there's going to be um, several hundred FFA kids packing uh, meals for the Drive to Feed kids. Do we know exactly how many they're going to be doing yet? Or is that still up uh, uh, in the planning stages? You know, I don't have a final head count on how many students we're going to have. Mm-hmm. But last year, I think we had around 300 students that packed 50,000 meals. Wow. And so the goal this year is 100,000 meals. And that food will be divided out to our six food banks in the state. And we're going to do two sessions. We're going to do one session in the morning of meal packing and one in the afternoon so that we can expose more FFA kids to this service project and the kids last year were so excited about it they weren't ready to stop when their time was over and 
immediately once they found out that they had done over 50,000 meals, they were already talking about, we want to do 100,000 next Mm -hmm. year. What can we do to meet a higher goal? Um, So it was really exciting and refreshing to see today's youth trying to pay it forward for tomorrow's leaders in the state. Yeah, it was really nice to see those. There were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of social media coming out of that where these kids, these FFA kids that were packing meals were, you know, taking videos and selfies and stuff. And it was, there was so much buzz because they were so excited to be doing this. And the feeling you really got from it was that it was these kids helping other kids. They just loved that they could do something for other people who were less fortunate than themselves, but came from a similar area, maybe even the same town, uh, but they could actually do something tangible for them. So that's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, it was. And, you know, a lot of our sponsors who help put on that event so that we could get those meals purchased to be able to be packed they were working right alongside these FFA kids Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really special to see as well to see that our industry leaders today were working elbow to elbow with these kids packing these meals you know everybody was digging in getting the job done um, and so it was inspiring Uh, a lot of the sponsors were just like you said the enthusiasm from the kids when they left they had picked up on that enthusiasm and it kind of reignited their passion to help Missouri agriculture to be more and do more. That's great. Um, anything in particular standing out to you on the entertainment at the fair this year? Um, any headliners that you think are probably going to be big, big attractions? Well, the second Saturday night, we will have Cole Swindell, and I think Ray Lynn is actually opening for him. So I think that will be a, a big night, especially for our younger fairgoers. Mm-hmm. I think That's they're going to be really excited about that. Our first Saturday night, we have Hank Williams Jr. coming as well. Uh-huh. And so he's always a crowd pleaser, and we expect <laughs> that to be a well-attended show as well. Um, opening night is Montgomery Gentry, and mm-hmm. so we expect that to be a, a good crowd as well. Um, some other people that we have is Travis Tritt and the Charlie Daniels band and the Marshall Tucker band. That was the one that got canceled last year with the storm, right? It was. And so they've agreed to come back this year and perform. So fairgoers who were disappointed last year um, may get to have their dream come true this year. We're hoping the rain stays away. Well, we're going to get, even though we need some rain, we don't want it in that uh, strong of a a format because I was there that night and oh my gosh, it was like 70 mile an hour winds and we were all scared that we were going to get blown away. So like it to be tr- uh, sprinkling a little bit lighter than that exactly <laughs> and it can come at night you know a yeah. nice soft gentle after rain the, if we can be picky absolutely and after the concert's over that's perfect well thanks again for taking the time to come over and join us today it's always good to get an update on what y'all are working on at the department and it is nice to have someone who is a friendly face at the department of agriculture uh, so we look forward to talking to you again soon um, but good luck getting everything ready for the fair thank can't wait you. to see it Thank you, Eric. We appreciate your support of Missouri agriculture as well. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. It was great to talk to Director Chen about all the things going on at the Department of Agriculture. We are all looking forward to the State Fair. When you're there, please don't forget to come by the Missouri Farm Bureau building to get your ice-cold milk for only 25 cents and see all the things going on in Missouri agriculture. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you soon.